Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglennsmith.com. Warn Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. Be sure not to miss the following posts on our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows on danaglennsmith.com God's Overcoming Grace for Perilous Times A Refuge in the Day of My Trouble Christ Jesus on the Faith You Follow on warn-usa.com Defend Jerusalem, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 78 Patient Continuance Book of Romans, Part 5, on Sound the Shofar. Trusting Arm of the Flesh, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 77. And you don't want to miss these WARN, these WIBR WARN radio shows from August 9th through the 11th on WARN-USA.com. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Light versus Darkness. Gospel Church, Persecuted Christians, Gospel Tech, Artificial Intelligence, Faith at Warren Radio. Thursday's Isaiah series, No Peace to the Wicked, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 183 on Battle Lines. And Friday's Sound the Shofar, Evil Day Overcomers, Rejuvenating Hope in Christ, Part 5. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. And The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of the rising is the truth of what's happening in America today. You can get your copy of The Rising on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Ingram, Angus and Robertson. You can also get the Rising ebook on Google Play. And you can get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. 
here we are. Yes. Thursday night, tomorrow's Friday. A lot of things going on in the world. But tonight we're discussing Isaiah. And uh, we got a bit to go, but we're making progress. We are. We're on the downhill side of things. Yeah, we are. So tonight, Break Every Yoke finds its way to Isaiah's prophetic book, part 184 on battle lines. Here we look at fasting, how Israel did it, and the real way to fast and the purpose of it. It was not a show or a spectacle for Jews to parade openly to to demonstrate their own holiness by fasting and everyone knew it. It was to put others first, deliverance, food, help, and more. To bring home the fact of the kingdom of God was much more. It was mercy, goodness, salvation, healing, and much more. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 4 states this, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Faith, God, and power to deliver mankind. Imagine that. So what about today? And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side, Dana. Okay. Yes, we are, uh, we're going to stop off in Jeremiah, uh, and it's related to uh, Isaiah 58.3, and uh, <clears throat> this is the word that came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, after that King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people which were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty unto them that every man should let his manservant, every man his maidservant, being a Hebrew or Hebrewist, go free, that none should serve himself of them to wit of a Jew his brother. <clears throat> now when all the princes and all the people which had been had entered into the covenant heard that every one should let his manservant and his maidservant go free, that none should serve themselves of them any more than they obeyed and let them go. But afterward they turned and caused the servants and the handmaids whom they had let go to return and brought them into subjection for servants and handmaids. Now see, this has been a problem with Israel. And basically, you know, if you had Jubilee, you know, they were supposed to set them free, but they didn't because they were greedy. And so here, this just this is an example that we find in Jeremiah, which will back up. This is one of the reasons, of course, that uh, um, we find Judah going into captivity. You know, they disobeyed the Lord. You know, and the problem of it is, is that, you know, when when you look at slavery in the Bible uh, there's provisions for the Hebrews to take slaves you know uh, in the Torah you know when they first started out but then they started making slaves of their own people and unfortunately today we have a lot of politicians that don't make that don't bother them to pass laws that oppress their own people and of course this is where the new world order comes in this is where a lot of things that we we see even occurring in america today so this was a big deal back then you know they agreed to let them go and then they took them back so i mean these servants came back willingly but uh, you know if someone was to say okay you can go free i'd be free i wouldn't even wait around for a ceremony i'd have been gone So, therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years let you go, every man his brother a Hebrew, which has been sold unto thee, And when he has served thee six years, thou shalt let him go free from thee. 
but your fathers hearkened not unto me, neither inclined their ear. Now see, this is all adding up against uh, Judah. And you were now turned and had done right in my sight in proclaiming liberty unto every man his neighbor. And you had made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. But you turned and polluted my name and caused every man his servant and every man his handmaid whom you had set at liberty at their pleasure to return and brought them into subjection to be your servants and for handmaids. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, you have not hearkened unto me and proclaimed liberty, every one to his brother and every man to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, to the famine, and I'll make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. Okay, now see, Jeremiah was the prophet that most, I believe, anyway, most directly dealt with Judah. And he was the one that was in Jerusalem when Jerusalem fell. And Babylon knew of Jeremiah. Matter of fact, they told him, you know, you can come with us, you can stay here, do whatever you want to because they knew of Jeremiah and they knew what he said. He warned them that Babylon would take them over. So they they let him go. And, you know, this is, this is the issue here. They didn't listen. They were supposed to be following this. And they were oppressing people that the Lord had already told them they would be set free. And their own people wouldn't set them free. And it's all over money and greed. And, you know, the, these are the kind of issues that we find. Because you're not just harming anybody. You're harming your fellow brethren. And you had a direct command from a prophet and you did not listen. And it's the same thing. I mean, if you're praying to God even today. And you're wanting stuff, and you know in your heart what God expects you to do, and if you go against it, you're you're going to be in trouble. The problem today is, is that, you know, of course we have grace and we have that ability to get forgiven, but God expects you not to lie. He expects you to be stalwart, you know, and and we are sloppy, and and that's just all there is to it. You look at America, how long has it been known as a Christian nation? Dear God in heaven, you wouldn't believe it today. We are about as screwed up as you can be and about as far from God as you can be. And yet everybody thinks everything's fine. You know, that's because we haven't been invaded. That's because, you know, it seems like everything's going okay. But I got news for you. You can't do that with God. And how would you like, you know... Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord. You have a liberty to be struck by the sword or to experience a pestilence or go through a famine and to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth because you refuse to obey me. You know, America and the nations, you are very lucky today that God isn't dealing with you as he dealt with uh, the Jews at this point here who are so stubborn. But make no difference. God is a just God, and you will be rewarded for what you do. So when we're going through this, this is just a little illustration. Now, see, we're going to be talking about fasting. And you wonder what the problem is, what the issues are. You know, many of us, you know, you've never been under law. you got to understand that if you screwed up in the law, that was it, kid. You were done. There was no second chance. Now thank God. Thank God through Christ. We can be forgiven. We can be redeemed. We can be healed. And don't take advantage of that. You know, don't, you know, the old phrase, don't jerk around the boss. Don't screw around with him. Because he, he's not the kind of man that will allow that. He expects you to work or he expects you to do certain things. But the Lord our God is a holy God. And he isn't going to play with you. If you'll walk in his ways and obey him, he'll bless you. 
But if you want to see how big he is, well, you just take him on. See how far you get. So now in Isaiah 58, 4, Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You know, the thing of it is, we always get into trouble somehow. And see, you're fasting. And I like the part, to smite with the fist of wickedness. That don't sound very good. That's what they were doing. You shall not fast as you do this way. Whatever you're doing now, you need to stop it. You know, you're not there to argue. You're not there to hit each other, beat them up, prove your point. You know, fasting is to deliver people. Fasting is to remove the fist of wickedness. And that fist of wickedness should not be you. And you're fasting to remove the fist of wickedness? God is looking down and you said, well, you want me to remove the fist of wickedness, but you're the one wicked. You got to be careful. God doesn't play around. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I just, you know, that's your choice. You know, people are smart and people are dumb today. And, and there's a whole bunch of them. You just have to make the right choices. And, you know, go help yourself. You know, I mean, in my day... You know, a long time ago, yeah, I was a young buck. I don't feel like an old buck, but, you know, I was once a young buck. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm sure I had an angel tagging along with me trying to keep me out of trouble, but it was, a, it was really a chore. Thank God for grace today. So when we're looking at this, we're looking at it, and God's trying to tell them, you know, you need to break the wickedness and you need to do these things. But, you know, I mean, so you start fasting for somebody and they don't cooperate or something happens. So the fist of wickedness, we see that today in our own court system. We have people that are taking on Trump to put him in jail and they have violated our election laws in, in a respect. And... Uh, you know, it's all political in order to get him thrown into prison. That's all it is. He didn't do anything. But they fabricated all this. Now, see, that's the fist of wickedness. Israel did do that. Their judges did do that. You know, their people, they did it to one another. So in Matthew six sixteen through 18, thank God for Matthew. And so the Lord told him, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that you appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. See, now this is so good. And... When I fast, if I'm fasting a long time, you know, when you look into the Gospels and the Lord appeared, you know, when the people would see the Pharisees and Sadducees, they always had these things they went through to make sure the public knew that they were holy and righteous. And so they would, you know, do things to make it look like they're really... Uh, righteous and oh man this is a hard fast and I'm suffering for it I'm righteous but you see righteousness you know for us today is imputed unto us through the blood of Christ and when we fast you know this is something that you do as unto the Lord but there's a power there and I've gone on extended fasts. And so it's interesting to note here, you, you just don't do that. 
You know, you, you don't have a sad count. It's, what are you doing today, Bob? Oh, I'm fasting. Oh, it's terrible. I'm just suffering for the Lord. Oh, God, if I can endure unto the end of the day. Well, see, I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit. But if you look in scriptures, you're going to find the Lord wasn't very happy with them. And when you fast, anoint your head. You know, if you have some extra oil, and I'll say, I'm not interested in putting oil on it. I'll just wash my face and freshen up. And and I do have some oil type stuff for the skin and thing. And I will use that. But, uh, you know, in other words, you want to be fresh looking. You don't want to come out of there stinking, you know. Like some people do on a Saturday night when they come out of the bar. There is a difference. It's not a show. People don't need to know. You know, your righteousness doesn't come from fasting. Your righteousness is imputed unto you through Christ. And you didn't earn it. You didn't do nothing. You didn't die on a cross. So when you're fasting, why do you act as though you're about ready to die? And the whole idea is not appearing to men that you're fasting. But the Father knows you're fasting. And that which is done in secret, God will reward you openly. That's, that's the whole key here. But see, one of the fasts that we like to look at is the Nineveh fast. And, and Jonah 3, 6 through 10. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered in sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God, and let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works and that, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. And matter of fact, it worked. Because God did repent of that, and it wasn't until 70 years later, you know, that another prophet came along and was preaching. Nahum, I believe it was. Yeah. And then God sent judgment because they forgot. But see, when you're talking about America and how wicked and the problems we got here, the thing that you need to have in this country is a Nineveh fast. Everyone involved. Everyone repenting. And then you could see God heal this land. But you're not seeing that. We have revival and we, and we have people coming to the Lord. There are some local revivals, but that's not a Nineveh fast. You know, it's not the same same thing. Now, in Joel two twelve through seventeen, this uh, uh, they're talking about fasting, but uh, in verse twelve, therefore also now saith the Lord. Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Okay. Now, if we were fasting in America like we should, and we really wanted him to heal our country instead of being proudful or prideful, you know, you're going to be fasting and weeping and mourning. And it says, verse 13, And rend your heart, not your garments. See, tearing the garment, and I've seen that a lot in the movies. You have someone and they 
rip their garments. And um, when the high priest uh, was talking to the Lord, when they're convicting him before he went to the cross, you know, the high priest asked him, you know, art thou the Christ, the Son of God? You know, and the Lord said he was. And the priest ripped his garment and said, what further need do we need to hear? This blasphemy. So they took him to Pilate. Now I've got a new article. I'm writing about that now. But the thing of it is, is that we have a lot of postulating and ripping your garments is not a sign of mourning. It, it, you know, he wants you to rend your heart. He wants to see heart. Remember what he said of David, that he, he doesn't look like men do. He, he looks on the heart. That's why he picked David. David was known as a man after God's own heart. And so David had the heart. And he is one of the greatest kings of Israel. But he went through a lot of trouble before he became a king. <clears throat> and so, rend your heart, not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. The best thing to do when you're fasting is don't tell anybody. Now, you can fast with someone, you know, and Tower and I have, have fasted like that. And you just agree. We don't tell anybody. You know, we just don't make appointments to go out to eat the day we're, we're supposed to be fasting. But see, you're looking to God for the miracle. And if you're going to look to God for the miracle, you need to follow what the Lord requires. He wants to see your heart. Do you care? Do you know what you're fasting for? You know? And so you manage to fast breakfast, but by lunch you think you're ready to die. But believe me, if you're going through a three-day fast, you know, it does take you a while. But if you go on a longer fast, after a while, your, your body isn't even hungry, hungry anymore. Um... But of course, I suppose if you went in there where they're all eating steak or something, you might get hungry. You know, there is temptation. But when you're fasting, a true fast, there is a power of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord there. And you it's a very powerful weapon to deliver people. And see, that's the whole issue here. It is to deliver people from wickedness. And, and that's the whole thing. You want to know what's the matter with America today? It's wickedness. You want to know what's the matter with America? Nobody's praying to break the wickedness. You know, it's not just in a group meeting. It's serious. You have to bind these spirits. You have to bind them in the people. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Well, let's go to 14. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Now, that is that is something that Israel did do. And when you read, you know, in the early part of, uh, you know, the Tanakh and the Torah, you're going to find that they did have solemn assemblies. Solomon had one. You know, well, when they were dedicating the, uh, the, the temple, that was really something. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elder, elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. In other words, quit everything you're doing. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Now that's in Joel. Now Joel is very prophetic. Now see, I would tell you today that that's something you in America better pay attention to, because the way we're going down, that's very true. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Well, for us today in the New Covenant, you don't have to do it between the porch and the altar, but you need to find some place where you can kneel and be serious with God. 
And you need to understand, instead of playing your games and finding time to beat each other up and cause all kinds of trouble, you need to be able to say, Lord, spare thy people. Don't give your heritage to reproach that the heathen would rule over them. Because if you know, if don't mock God, don't mock God, don't play around. Because if you play around, you're going to find out that that's exactly what the Lord will do. So at any rate, so now let's go to verse five of that. And so this is this is he's getting to the point here. Is is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and acceptable day of the Lord? Well, if we were looking at fasts, they bow their head down and they spread sackcloth and ashes that's what they did then and they would weep and carry on but remember we're looking at the heart and that was the whole issue of what and, and this isn't the first time it was brought up in Isaiah either but this is the thing. The good part about all this is he tells you what is a good past. Nahum 9, 1 through 3, or Nehemiah. Now in the 20 and 4th day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting, with sackcloth, and earth upon them. They throw the earth over their heads. Now that that's really a common practice when you get in the Middle East and some of these places. When they're fasting, they'll throw dirt all over themselves. Now see, I'm an American. I I don't do that. The dirt don't help me any. I'm already feeling miserable if I'm fasting like that. I'm going to be talking to the Lord seriously. I'm going to be making sure my heart is clear before him. I'm going to be making sure that when I make my pleas, it's not for me and myself, but that I will be able to take on the wickedness and those things that are at hand and bind them and cast them away and call upon deliverance and pronounce victory. I mean, you're not there to play a game. And these people, I've seen people, and they're serious, and they will do that. And that's fine. They can do that. Between them and their God, I, I'm just not one of them that'll do it. I don't need to throw dust all over. But there are times when you're so grievous, like David, you might lay prostrate on the floor all night long praying and feeling terrible. And there are times, I know, and I've been before the Lord, when I was laying flat on my face, weeping and crying so loud, and 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 trying, I was dealing with some issues, and, you know, I was for a long time on that floor. And I remember the voice of the Lord. And it was an audible voice, and it said to me, it, well, suddenly I stopped. I don't know why I stopped, but I did. And the Lord said, are you done? Are you finished? I said, yes. He said, okay, get up. Now, see, he's told me things like that before. There was another time when I was first coming to him. I was raised a Methodist. And I had done something. And I was clear out in the wilderness. And... Uh, <clears throat> I had to repent before the Lord. And I got back in my truck because when I was in my truck, I pull, pulled it over alongside the road out in the middle of nowhere and prayed. And I repented before the Lord. And I was in a lot of trouble. Issues. 
So I got back in the cab of the truck and I heard the voice of the Lord tell me, okay, now go home. And that same kind of voice has been with me all my life. I mean, with me since then. But you see, it's serious. It's the heart. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. Now see, this was something that Israel... Remember, when we're talking about Nehemiah here, remember, we look at... Nehemiah was used to rebuild Jerusalem. He was just one of the early earlier ones to get to Jerusalem. And so they were dealing with the sins of Judah. And they confessed the iniquities of their father. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God. One fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. So they would read in the book of the law, then they would confess it, they would speak it aloud. Now they were going through all that because they had been delivered and they were coming back into the land. Now Esther, when she was dealing with Haman, she had a three-day fast of no food or drink. Now, see, these are different fasts that we call today. You know, an Esther fast is three days, no food, no water. <coughs> and so, you know, there's a different fast today that, that you can utilize. And a three-day fast is, uh, not many people do that one. <laughs> because it's no food or water, so... But uh, Mordecai commanded to Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Because there was a commandment to kill the Jews. And Esther was a Jew. But she was over there close to the royalty and the king. And he says, For if altogether... Hold, if thou altogether hold your, holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For in other words, Mordecai was talking to Esther and trying to get her to seek the king. And uh, he was telling her, well, if you just take care of yourself, God will deliver us and you're going to be in trouble still. And then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat or drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, so I will go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. And of course we know that Esther did as she said. She went in there and the king listened to her and the Jews were delivered and she was too. Now see, this is literal, the power of prayer. You know, that God would listen to her. But Mordecai warned her. So, you know, the, and the problem you run into is when you look at scripture and you say, well, these aren't real. They are real. See, and, and that's where faith comes in, you know. And it, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. For those that come to the Lord must believe that he is, that he exists. And that God will reward you for that faith and believing that he exists. So faith is a prerequisite to even knowing God. Even for the Jews. They had to believe that God existed. Why would they go stand around a mountain for? Of course we got a lot of heathen that do that. Now in Isaiah 49, 8 through 13, 
This is a good one, folks. You, you, can, you can take this to the bank. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee. In a day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant to the people to establish the earth and to cause to inherit the desolate heritages, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth, and to them that are in darkness, Show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and their pastures and shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them, even by the springs of water shall he guide them. And I'll make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. See, that the reason they do that is so it's easy to walk on. And behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these shall come from the north and the west, and from the land of Sinem. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, break forth into singing. O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and have mercy upon his afflicted. So when we talk about a lot of this stuff, you know, there's always a promise. Now see, in verse 6, we get to the nitty-gritty. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. It's not to throw the people in jail. It's not to make them in servitude against their will. It's not to be wicked with your political laws. This encompasses a lot of stuff. On the other hand, those who belong to the Lord are supposed to be able to fast and loose, destroy the bands of wickedness that are around people that you know. To make the heavy burden that they have less of a heavy burden. To make it bearable and make it to where they can actually become free from that. That's the fast that the Lord has chosen. To loose those bands of wickedness around those who are around you. To undo their heavy burdens. There may be a lot of burdens on them. It may be that they lost somebody. It could be anything. The loss of a job. It could be sickness. It could be numbers of things. And you're there. Who's going to help them? You're going to help them. To let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Every yoke. See, we hang on to our yokes. In America, we have reasons for that. We have doctors that make a lot of money by keeping you on medicines. And in America, with everything we have going for us, we shouldn't be at all like we are today. We are corrupt. We have a spirit of filthiness spread out through this land. A spirit of uncleanness is his brother. Godlessness. Pride. You want to clean this land up? Then you need to kick, kick the demons out of here. And you need to kick them out of the people. The people need delivered in America. Clear up to the White House they need to be delivered. In the back of the White House, in front of the White House, beneath the White House, in Congress, around Congress, on top of Congress, beneath Congress, everywhere you find something, you cast that puppy out. If we had a warrior's Warriors of people that could do this. They could walk into D.C., they could walk into New York, they could walk into any place and bring down the fire of God. It's not this the fast that I have chosen, he says, to loosen the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, and this refers to the burdens of the yoke. Like if you have an ox, you put a yoke around him when you're going to use him to do the plowing and stuff. So he can't go anywhere. That's a yoke. You have a heavy burden. It's around your neck. And you can't be 
free. You can't go anywhere because that thing's around your neck. To let the oppressed, and this here is for those who are broken, go free. How many people do you know who are broken? Who have no spirit left. They have no joy left. They have no purpose left. They don't know what to do. As, especially today, as Christian believers... You should not be setting your butt on that pew in any church if you guys don't spend time trying to loose the bonds of wickedness. And that also includes getting them food and help and clothing and stuff. Now see, there's a lot of, on our advocacy program for the persecuted church, we advocate to take care of a lot of this kind of stuff through organizations that we know of who have boots on the ground that bring deliverance to people so that the yoke that's on them will be reduced and they can make a way for themselves. And if they can't, then these ministries find a way to get them to where they need to go. That's helping the brother not throwing them in jail because you're jealous of them. The travesty we have in America today is we have a broken system. We have people that are so prideful they don't even see what sin is. So when the judgment comes to this nation, it's going to be double for their double. It's going to be terrible. Because you think God's going to let you go and do what you do and get away with it? No. Nehemiah 5, 9-13 Also I said, it is not good that you do. Ought ye not to walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies? Yeah, you know, you got enemies all around. And they're going to do something. So you need to walk in the fear of the Lord. You need to know the Lord. He can deliver you from your enemies. I likewise and my brethren, my servants, might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, leave us, let us leave off this usury. Restore, I pray you, to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, their houses, also the hundredth part of the money and of the corn, the wine and the oil that you exact of them. Then said they, we will restore them, we will require nothing of them. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them, that they should do according to this promise. Also I shook my lap and said, so God shall shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise. Even thus be he shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said amen and praised the Lord and the people did according to this promise. Now see, these are all promises and things that the people are making when they're dealing with God. Micah 2, 1 through 3 says, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hands. And they covet fields and take them by violence and houses and take them away so that they oppress a man in his house, even a man in his heritage. Therefore saith the Lord, Behold, against this family do I devise an evil, from which you shall not remove your necks, neither shall you go haughtily, for this time is evil. Now see, all these prophets are dealing with Judah. And of course there was the northern tribes that they dealt the same way. They weren't supposed to be that way. First Timothy 6, 1-2 Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters let them not despise them 
because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Now you see, all of you in America that hate slavery, I don't like it either. But the apostles were in the Roman Empire. And Paul is telling Timothy, if you have believers who are servants and are under the yoke, and that's the yoke of bondage, they're not to despise their masters, but to honor them. See, because they identify as Christians. And if your master happens to be a believing master, don't despise him because he is a brethren, but do them service because they are faithful and beloved. So there's a whole difference between the early church and the apostolic teaching and what we have today. We have violence in the cities and how many times have I seen gangs of well, especially blacks picking on whites. We've seen it a lot. And the problem you have, whether you're black or white or brown or what, sin is not in the skin. Sin is that which lay within. And as Christians, we are to be colorblind. We seem as brethren in Christ. But if you think being black is going to make your black country nice, you're wrong. There's coming a day that no matter what the color of your skin is, there's going to be the wrath of God. Because the love of God is colorblind. And if you make it, you know, to where it's not, and you attack everybody because you hate their color. Then you're going to be weeping and howling in judgment. First John 3.17-20 says, But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need, and shuts up his bowels of compassion for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now see, all of this stuff relates to what God was getting at. It's not just a fast to fast. It's a fast to undo wickedness and to confront evil because especially today we are bringing the gospel to the unbelievers. We're bringing power with the word of God in the testimony. We're showing them that there is a God, that there is deliverance. There are miracles and signs and wonders. But we've screwed it up over the years. This isn't a contest. This is a weapon for the kingdom of God to provide relief. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Now we're not totally done with this, but we're going to stop there because we've got Isaiah 58, 7 that we're going to actually start at next time. But there's a lot of things to think in, you know, in this when we discuss it. And I think it's so true that we need to awaken. America needs to awaken. You know, Israel needed to awaken all the time. And we need to understand, especially now, we're in the last days. And I can tell you, we could really use deliverance in this country. We could use people being relieved of their burdens. People need deliverance today. Don't let them kid you.
And many times our leaders ain't worth being leaders because they're leading them in the wrong path. There's the paths of righteousness, but see, we're dealing here with a lot of situations. What happens if America suddenly was taken over and everybody was made a slave? How would you react then? Especially if you're blaming all the whites as being slave owners when the truth was that, that the Muslim, uh, the Islamists were far more prolific at keeping slaves than the whites ever were. And America was the first nation to deal with slavery. We fought a war with it and we had multitudes of dead. A tide of blood that was shed by these men. And that blood more than made up for any cost that the white race might have had. The debt has been paid and you being paid in filthy money because you feel you have been wronged as a, as a black, that's evil. And you need to repent of it. But see, today in America, we don't understand that. I do. May God have mercy on you. Father, we thank you for this day, and I thank you, Lord, for this word. Bless us and heal us. Guide our steps. Deliver us from our many evils and proclivities. Make a way for us in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, and streaming of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. Amen. That was really good tonight, Dana. And, and I would love to see a Nineveh fast through this nation or some kind of fast that would turn around what's going on in this country. Yeah. That's for sure. That's what you need, folks. That's what we need right now. Need God's mercy. I yeah. pray. I pray that God in his judgment would have mercy. Well, you know, we can, you know, you can always go by our websites and give us a message regarding any message we have. Go to warn-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com, go to our contact page. We'll get all the messages. But remember, America isn't gone yet, and we're not all dead. As long as we have breath, there is hope, because Christ gave us hope. Amen. And power. And I refuse to just turn over and say, well, that's it. That's not it. Thanks to Christ. Amen. we got to close now. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us whenever you do. We love to hear from you, and we pray for you. Thank you for joining us. May God bless you richly for all that you do for him. Please pray for your brethren. Pray for us as we pray for you. We love you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites, born-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Till next time, everybody, shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.